This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Okay, everyone, it is officially the holiday season, and that means I'm sure a lot of us have holiday parties to go to. Uh, Some of us dress up for Christmas, Christmas Eve. I just wanted to let you know that I actually made a trip to our local Indochino here in Nashville, Tennessee, just picked two suits out for my husband for all the holiday parties we have, and absolutely beautiful. We just got them in the mail this week. So wanted to let you know that Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more, and everything is made to your exact measurements for great fit. Indochino's process, very simple. We just went through it. Choose the fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package delivered straight to your door in two weeks, and I can verify that that did happen. You can get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom, or you can just do it online at Indochino.com. And right now, you can get $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. Just go to Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at that checkout. Plus the shipping, absolutely for you guys. That is Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your purchase of $399 or more. Incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing and suits that don't fit. Blue Wire. Think about Lois. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott. Dodge the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 56 of Press Pass. I'm Kayla Anderson, joined by uh, my great co-host, Joshua Perry, who I know finally made it back to Columbus from Chicago um, <laughs> yesterday. And brother, I swear you and the, the travel stories I hear from you, I'm like, I think I have bad travel stories. And then I, and then I hear yours and I'm like, God oh, dang. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been involved in some unique <laughs> travel stories. I'll put it like that, but it's always nice to be back in the city, safe at my home, ready yes. to start my week off. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of crazy to think about because, um, you know, the college football season, the regular season is already over. And I swear it just felt like yesterday that we were starting everything and starting to just get into the the meat of everything. So now the regular season's over and boom, just like that, we've got championship games and then we've got bowl season, Joshua. Yeah, it, it really does fly by. Like I was saying that in the green room on Saturday when I was talking to the guys, it was like our last regular season uh, weekend of shows and like I'm like dang on has it really gone by that fast because you know my first show was in August it didn't feel like it was that long ago we're yeah. sitting here in December yeah 
It's pretty nuts. I mean, that's how crazy, like in terms of the sports seasons, it's just, they go by so fast. And when you're in this business, I think then that makes like kind of your life go by real quick because by the time you're at, you're ending one season, you're like, Oh my gosh, we're already in December. So it, it is uh it is like that in the world of sports. Well, let's dive into what was a, a beat down by Ohio state this weekend. It was close for a, a small segment of that game, Joshua, but Ohio state taking down Michigan again and Harbaugh still with no win over the Buckeyes when he has been at Michigan. Yeah, it's it's just a bad deal. And, you know, first off, when you look at that game, I'll give Michigan all the credit in the world for their first half game plan offensively. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because, and they've been doing this for weeks, and I kind of said it, I think, on the show, but they like to try to take advantage of the weak points of the defense, and they'll scheme up passes where guys are just wide open and there's no defense that you call where anybody should be wide open, and it's the offense's job to make sure that happens. They did that. Buckeyes made adjustments in the second half, so they were able to shut the Michigan offense down. But truly, the story is Ohio State's offense and how dominant they were over a defense that you felt like had momentum. And the fact of the matter is Jim Harbaugh's got to answer some tough questions, and you saw he got asked when the press conference and. He, he didn't like the way it was asked. He said he would answer questions and not insults. But there are legitimate questions about the talent gap that exists because I do think that is real. You could talk about the preparation and the coaching because you could absolutely say that Michigan was outcoached in the second half because you felt like they had no chance uh, once the yeah. second half of that game came around. And the reality of the situation is Ohio State knows what's at stake every year and they play like it and sometimes Michigan doesn't. Yeah, and I think for for me when I look at this game, you see, it it wasn't Urban Meyer coaching the Buckeyes, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the other thing is I think a lot of people were just impressed with what Day has done and in, in, you know, really his first season taking over as head coach. Yeah, and a lot of Ohioans were curious to see what this would look like and to put some historic perspective on it. 50 years ago, Ohio State was undefeated heading up to Ann Arbor against the Michigan team that had a couple of black eyes on their their resume. Mm -hmm. in their season and ended up upsetting the Buckeyes and kind of taking away a national championship, basically. And a lot of people were drawing parallels to that game. And what really gave them a little bit of pause was the fact that Ryan Day is not an Ohio guy. And you ask, how seriously is he going to take it? And, you know, are Mm -hmm. they going to prepare the same and everything else? And uh, judging by Ryan Day's reaction after the game where he got emotional and a little bit choked up, you can tell that it really matters to him. And it doesn't matter that he's not an Ohio guy. He is a Buckeye. Absolutely. I love that. I love the emotion sometimes of these coaches uh, because it is, they put their heart and soul in this. And clearly if he was uh, serious enough to take the head coaching job at Ohio State, he knew that that was one thing that he had to do is is beat Michigan. And he does that this weekend. So up next for the Buckeyes is Wisconsin. And um, Wisconsin just took care of Minnesota. Were you surprised at all by that game? Uh, a little bit. I'm surprised at how quickly it got away from Minnesota. Um, yeah. I, I thought they had a legit chance to win it. Uh, fact of the matter is, I believe they they 100% got out coached in that game. You saw some things mm-hmm. Wisconsin did. Um, they had a little bit more variety on offense. They, they called a little bit more of a creative game there. And defensively, they did what everybody knew they should have done, which was pressure Tanner Morgan, but seemed like Minnesota had zero answers for it. Anything that you're worried about in terms of Ohio State taking on Wisconsin in this Big Ten championship? Uh, In the first half of that game they played earlier on, Wisconsin had a lot of success pressuring Justin Fields. And I think that's going to be 
the big question. And it's probably going to be pressure on the outside. I think Ohio State's interior D-line or O-line and the three of those guys do a really good job. The tackles are the ones that struggle a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But the question is on a on a fast track inside, it's going to be dry, temperature controlled. Do you trust yeah. your secondary to hold up against Ohio State's skill because they got guys all around? If you want to blitz, you're going to put somebody out there um, and expose them a little bit. So I'm curious to see. All right. Well, you'll be uh, in Indy for that one. So definitely go check out Joshua and follow him this week on social media for all the updates on that. And of course, on game day, Iron Bowl. So this was uh, crazy for my household, particularly because um, my husband is a fourth generation Auburn grad. Uh So yeah, he is definitely um, on edge when it comes to this game every year. And then, you know, you had Alabama, who I think everybody still thought, even with Mac Jones in, was maybe going to win this game. I mean, it was at Auburn, though. And at some point, you kind of just feel like, okay, could this be the one that they turn it around? Auburn has not been extremely successful against Alabama in the Iron Bowl. They've won a couple here and there, but haven't won two straight since, like, 2000 to 2007. So um, kind of crazy when it comes to that lopsided rivalry. But then we saw what happened. And what I was simply amazed with, Joshua, is the SEC has gone from being this defensive conference, Mm. right, Mm. to a conference that I've seen a lot of shootouts this year, including this Iron Bowl. Yeah, and it seems like the biggest games in that conference have been shootouts, which to me Mm -hmm. kind of signifies – a little bit of the direction that conference is going. And you can point to Georgia as having an elite defense, and that's probably the only one in the SEC. And what's really surprising is Auburn's offense isn't great. Bo Nix is not a great quarterback. It's not an elite offense, but they were able to score so many points. Um, And you ask questions, you get it. Mac Jones is playing quarterback. So uh, you might have had questions about Bama's offense, but really the question was about their defense because they just allow so many points this year. Yeah, and it is. The defense this year, I mean, in terms of the different teams, has not been the greatest, hasn't been where it used to be, especially Alabama. And they had a lot of injuries this year and, and were really young. But I, I will say this, as as much of a shootout as that was, I, it was entertaining. I mean, I would like look away from the TV one second and here's another touchdown being scored. So I, I definitely at least give them credit for giving us an entertaining iron bowl. But now that Alabama has lost that game, Joshua, they are out of the AP top five and we'll see what happens with the college football playoff rankings, but I believe they'll be out of the top five of that, but they're out of the top five of the AP poll for the first time in four years. So like 1,485 days, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, it's crazy, but it's it's exactly where they should be. I mean, it's just a different team this year, and especially uh, once Tua kind of fell out of the lineup, you know, you, things change. And it's not to say that Mac Jones hasn't done a great job because I think he has, but it's just not the same team. Kind of want to get two little two takes in here. So I agree that the defense wasn't great in this game, but you can point to a couple of pick sixes as well. Yeah, that put points up on the board, and there's something to be said about that defense being able to take the ball away. Here's my hot take, though, for the day. Oh, God, here we go. Hot take. Um, And I've been saying this all year (laughs) in the green room over at the BTN studio, but there was a missed kick at the end of that game. Uh, Yes. That would have sent it into overtime. Yes, yes. I have seen so many 
missed kicks, so many bad kicks out of bounds on the kickoff. I've seen kickers who aren't even available, whether it's because they've been so bad all year, they've gotten hurt, whatever it is. If I were building a college football team, I would not bring in a kicker on scholarship. I would make mm-hmm. whoever my kicker is earn a scholarship over their four years in the program. Sure. I would bring a preferred walk-on kind of guy. I'd find somebody off of the club soccer team, whatever the case was, and I would have them because these kickers in college football are so unreliable anyway that you feel yeah. like you could spend that scholarship on another player who might be a little bit more impactful on the game. Yeah, that's not that's not a bad take at all, Joshua. I mean, that has been an issue completely this year in terms of the football game, in terms of college football. Um, I would even, I've even seen it a lot in the NFL this it's year. It's bad as well. in the NFL. It, it is. I don't know what it is. And maybe we can touch on this at another time um, with what has made kickers so unreliable. So that take right now in the world that we're living in, not too bad there, Joshua. I like it. So with the holiday rush, it is here, and you have to be able to ship orders out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of all those orders, decide which ship carrier to use, if you're getting the best rates, all those questions? Luckily, ShipStation can help you. With just a few clicks, you will be managing all of your orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door and delivered in time for the holidays. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, and UPS, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best available rate. So take the hassle out of the holiday shipping season. Let ShipStation help you handle it with ease. Just use this offer code BLUE to get a 30 or a 60, I should say, day free trial. That is two months free of no hassle. Just visit ShipStation.com. Click on that microphone on the top of the page and type in BLUE. That is ShipStation.com. Enter offer code BLUE. ShipStation make ship happen. So the Pac-12 clearly has done a lot of damage to itself within the regular season. I understand that. I am a Pac-12 grad. I definitely pay attention to what's going on over there uh, while the rest of the country probably doesn't. But Utah finished the regular season uh, with a pounding over Colorado, 45-15. to Next up, they'll get Oregon in that Pac-12 championship. Here's the thing. I think there's still a lot out there in terms of getting into the college playoffs, that fourth spot. Do you think Utah has a shot? What do they have to do in this championship game, or does it even matter what they do? Well, I think, first off, I think that they still have a shot in saying that, I think they need some outside things to happen. Like if Oklahoma plays the game of their life, for example, against Baylor, you feel mm-hmm. like they've got a shot to get in. Yeah. Uh, if Baylor plays the game of their life against Oklahoma, you feel like they might have an outside chance to get in. Yep. If you look in the SEC, if Georgia beats LSU, it doesn't matter at that point. If you look in the Big Ten, I feel like Ohio State could lose that game and Mm -hmm. still get in. So they're really jockeying for one spot there at the end, depending on what the SEC does. Utah, to me, has a great case. I think their offense has looked really powerful this year. Their defense has been very, very good quietly. Their issue is they have zero wins currently against AP top 25 teams. So their resume is going to be the huge question. 
And I, I guess, uh, and I see that, and I and I totally get that, especially when you're comparing it to other teams. But if you were, if this, if this is the choice you have, Joshua, if you have a choice, and you have to think of it as a committee is looking at it also as who's going to bring, I guess, a little bit of the fan interest as well. The brands. Right, the brands. So if you're looking at Utah, Oklahoma, and Baylor, and you're going to mix really what team is is the better team and add in the whole interest and the brand, what team would you go with? Uh, it's probably Oklahoma. You feel like they've got the the better base. You feel like they're more of a blue blood. They're a bigger brand. But – if they want to, and this is this is a question that they're going to have to ask too, and I can't, I don't know the answer to this, but it's probably a curious question of how much of the West Coast does Utah bring into the equation? Yeah. Because if you have Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, and Oklahoma, there's nobody on the West Coast truly that's going to be interested. But if you have Utah, a lot of those kids came from California. They play in a West Coast conference. Like you could incorporate that viewership as well. So curious to see how important the West Coast viewership is to the committee and building the TV show over bringing Oklahoma, which is just a big, a big brand that has a following. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point there um, because, like you said, if if Oregon or sorry if Utah doesn't get in, you're really going to have no representation from that side of the state and I think if if the Pac-12 was smart they'd be doing a lot when it comes to kind of just putting Utah's name out there I mean they have to win obviously and beat Oregon but just maybe getting them and the brand out there a little more in the next couple of weeks I don't know I just don't think the Pac-12 does a great job of marketing its teams in general and doing things to kind of build brands of their teams. And so I think that is going to hurt them in the long run as well. It, I think, they just they don't do a good job of it. I, I think part of the issue is the Pac-12, and this is completely selfish, but it's true. The Pac-12 should never play a game past five o'clock Pacific. Yeah, no, I know. I, you're right. They they just shouldn't do it because I by know. the time I'm, I'm tuckered out and I'll be laying in the bed and it's after midnight and I just can't sleep after doing shows. And so I'll turn on some some Pac-12. But like there is nothing truly drawing me to any of those games. And it's not like the yeah. quality of football is great. But if you just yeah. made it at a time where people could just flip to it because they want to just watch football and they're currently watching other games, it would make more sense. Do you because they had mentioned, um, I think, at the beginning of the year, possibly going to like an early format. Mm hmm. Well, I mean, what's the earliest that you'd get up and watch a game like that? So they talked about a, a nine o'clock Pacific. Yeah. And what makes sense about that is with Fox Big Noon, now there's one primetime game at noon. Like there's one big game and everything else is trash. Everything else sucks at noon. So if they put their primetime at noon as well and an ESPN could jockey for it to compete with yeah. whatever Fox has in the noon window, for example, I think that could become a thing. But that becomes hard on the players and the coaches getting ready to play when their body clock is at 9 o'clock. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see what they decide to do. But I believe especially if they don't get Utah in, uh, I think that things they're going to have to start to look at changing some things here. Well, are you looking for a great gift for someone in your life? Um, I've done most of my shopping. I was very impressed with me getting on websites for Black Friday. So I've done most of my shopping. But on that shopping list still is a great gift from Harry's. 
both thoughtful and practical gifts here. Listeners of this show can get $5 off any Harry shave set by heading to harrys.com slash blue wire. Free shipping ends on December 16th, so definitely act now. Uh, it's a great deal for your significant other, and I even love the shave gel, so you can even get the shave gel and, and pass it along as a stocking stuffer. Holiday sets are just $20. That's within Secret Santa limits, you guys. And Harry's Blades refills are as low as $2 each, so your guy will save money over time. It comes in a ready-to-gift handsome holiday gift bag and uh, it's the gift that gives back as well one percent of each sale will be donated to charitable organizations so as a special offer for fans of this show we've partnered with harry's to give you five dollars off any shave set including their limited edition holiday sets when you go to harrys.com slash blue wire plus you'll get free shipping so each harry's shaving set comes with the following weighted handle option to engrave a five blade razor card Cartridges, foaming shave gel for rich lather, travel cover to protect your blades, packaged in that great holiday box, free shipping, of course, that ends December 16th. So act now, just go to harrys.com slash blue wire. That is harrys.com slash blue wire. Well, it wasn't even Monday before a bunch of college football head coaches got the axe, Joshua. There were um, two recently in the SEC you had Matt Luke from Old Miss, Barry Odom from Missouri, obviously earlier on a couple of weeks ago, there was uh, Arkansas's head coach that was out the door. And I've heard rumblings, Mississippi State might hire theirs as well. Then you had Charlie Strong out at UCF, 21 to 16 overall, but four and 14 since starting the 2018 season with 17 or with seven straight victories. So it was good for a while. And then Tom Herman also fired his offensive and defensive coordinators. I mean, it was crazy this weekend in terms of firings. Yeah, um, I'll tell a quick story on Matt Luke. So when I was in high school, he was coaching at Duke University and they were recruiting me. And uh, he would come to the school and he's a cool guy, high energy guy. I liked him a lot. And the reason he was so memorable is because he understood the mind of a high schooler who's getting recruited by a million schools. And he said, hey, I know you're going to meet a lot of coaches. He's like, I don't know how much of this conversation you're going to remember, but just remember one thing. My name is Coach Luke from Duke. It rhymes. And I never forgot that. Are Um, you serious? It was like, it was just one of those things, you know, just a nice guy. But like, that was one thing he's like, whatever, just if you don't remember a damn thing from this conversation, remember my name. It's Coach Luke from Duke. Like, cool. You know, with. With that, like, so Joshua, obviously he left an impact on you in terms of just remembering who he was. When you look at these jobs, and and I know he hasn't been able to do much in the SEC, it is so competitive down here. And I think sometimes it, it is hard to just turn around something or get something going in a couple years. I, I mean, is it fair that these coaches, their lifelines are so, so short? Uh, I guess here's the deal. If you're Ole Miss, what's your expectation? And I'm asking that, yeah. like, it's a legit question. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll extrapolate it to a Big Ten question that'll be salient to this show. Like, what's your, cause the reality of the situation is, um, you're recruiting against an in-state rival, which is already tough, but Alabama's also getting some of your best kids and Clemson's going to try to recruit some of your best kids and Florida and Miami are trying to get your best kids, you know? So, like, what truly is your expectation? You're not in that top tier of the SEC. You're not going to be. Mm-hmm. And so you you kind of have to live with that. The comparison I'm making right now, and this is another probably kind of hot take, but I think it's true, is 
University of Michigan. When yeah. was the last time you won a national title? Oof. When was the last time you won a Big Ten title? And yeah. so maybe your program is a nine or 10 win program competing in potentially one of the hardest divisions in college football. But maybe you're a nine or 10 win team because you got to compete against Penn State and you got Ohio State and you got Michigan State sitting right there, depending on the year. And you're not recruiting with Ohio State. You're just absolutely not. You don't have the recent history to show how you can recruit with those guys. And maybe you need to temper your expectations from what you were in, you know, the the 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s to what you are now in the 2000s. So I think a lot of the coaches being fired comes down to expectations of what you want to be and then expectations of who you can get to take you there. Yeah. And I don't, I just don't think it's crazy to me though, because we see these firings, right? And then it's like a carousel and they're like just regurgitated, recycled. And that coach pops up somewhere else. And it's like, what are we accomplishing here? No, it's, it's funny. And you're absolutely right. Like it's, it's a literal cycle. Um, and, and even like coaches getting hired from places where probably they shouldn't be getting hired because they weren't actually successful, but they're a good coach or a hot name. Right. And, you know, and like Willie Taggart comes to mind there. It's like, he was a, he was an okay coach, but he was never going to be an elite coach. No. Like, I don't know why everybody was so high on him, but like, that's what happens in coaching circles. And then you see weird stuff too, this time of year, like, you know, maybe a month ago, Nebraska re-upped Scott Frost on his contract. One mm-hmm. thing that they didn't change was his buyout. And so what that tells you is they're not confident in his ability as a coach, but they need to have stability for recruiting. So he can say, well, you don't worry. We only won one more game than we did last year to the recruits, but they signed me to an extension. If you're a, a parent of a recruit, your next question needs to be, all right, well, what changed with your buyout? Because if the buyout didn't change, the extension is just, it's fluff. Yeah. This coaching's a weird game. And I, I kind of want to get into this as my conspiracy for the day. Charlie Strong is out. <laughs> right. I, I got all of them. Charlie Strong's I know, out. Conspiracy and hot takes. I love uh, it. It's it's great. And uh, <laughs> Steve Adazio's out. And yeah, Steve Adazio, yeah. When you look at Urban Meyer, who won national championship, who, who was on his staff, Charlie Strong, Steve Adazio. Wow. So if you're USC and you feel like you can't fire Clay Helton for James Franklin because Clay Helton beat James Franklin in the Rose Bowl, but you still feel like you've got hope. And this is not me saying that Urban's getting back into coaching because the last time I talked to him, he told me he loves what he does. But I'm just being a conspiracy theorist. You tell Urban, we're going to pay you through the nose. We're going to give you however much you need to get those two guys as coordinators and hire whatever hot shots you want to hire to work under those guys. And they could build a monster out there. That's, you know what? And I'm, I don't think that is too far off. And I know, you know, you've had conversations with Urban. Obviously, you played for Urban. I was close with Shelly when I was in Columbus. I did a lot with um, just like she's a big workout person and, and we did a lot of stories together and everything, had her in the studio a lot. And one conversation that I remember the most that stuck out to me with Shelly was Shelly is, while she is from Ohio, she hates the cold weather. Mm-hmm. So she told me one of her favorite places in terms of just like lifestyle was when they were at Florida because it was warm weather, you know. She doesn't like the snow, any of that stuff. So she said this, and I remember to this to this day, is she said, if Urban ever takes another job coaching in college football, I want to be somewhere warm. Yeah. Well, she'd get that in LA. 
and that's that's the one thing I always remember because Shelly has a lot of say in that relationship. That's yeah. a you know what I'm saying? Like that's a I mean, she's got say in there. So I always keep that in mind too with with possibly him going there. So we'll have to see what happens. Really quickly, um, as there was a lot of firings, I did want to circle back to Rutgers hiring Greg Schiano. And at first he wasn't gonna go there. Did you see the reports that he turned it down and now yeah. he's there? Yeah. What is going on? I don't get it. It's it's a whole mess. Um, they couldn't <laughs> agree to terms. And so they just kind of cut off conversation. And then the fan base was like, you guys need to do whatever you can. Because oh, wow. there's only one guy in America who actually wants to work here. <laughs> it's Greg Chiano. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I like Greg. Yeah. From what I know of him. I never played for him. But I would go back to the Woody and I would see him. Yeah. Yeah. Greg can be negative when things aren't going well. And that was a knock okay. on him when he was in the NFL. That was a knock on him here at Ohio State. Also, when you look at his head coaching overall record, it's 500. Yeah. And that was in the Big East. This is a different record. So I'm not sure what to expect out of him. You know he's going to be passionate. You know he's invested. The high school coaches are going to love him. But – do you get any more than four or five wins out of him in any given year? Because I'm not sure he can even get them to be bowl eligible, to be completely honest. Yep, that is definitely a task that I don't think anybody wants. Um, I mean, I, I wish him the best of luck over there, and I guess we'll be talking about it later down the line and what he's able to do. But uh, again, I mean, I'm glad they got a head coach. Just curious to see what happens with that um, moving forward. Well, good stuff from the gridiron as we wrap things up. And I had to just touch on this yes, because I always am surprised by your, I guess, reaction to some things, some things we agree on, some things we don't. This one, I'm sure that we agree on for the most part. So the P celebration. So Old Miss was down by a touchdown in the Egg Bowl against Mississippi State with seven seconds left. Ball near the goal line. Elijah Moore caught it. Uh, would have been the final pass, you know, he the touchdown and everything. However, he decided to break out with the um, peeing dog celebration. Now, initially, look, I'm a human being. I'm kind of like for a girl, I'm kind of more of like not, I don't know, I'm a little rude, a little like rude <laughs> sometimes, you know, I swear a lot. So I kind of thought, I, I mean, my initial reaction was... <laughs> I was laughing because I just, when someone breaks out into a squatting dog and lifting the leg, I mean, I can't help but laugh. But initially, I mean, it was awful. They lost the game. They moved, you know, the field goal was missed. What's your take on this just in terms of, come on, kid, what is going on? We know you're young, but like, you can't do this stuff. Okay. So as my former player slash now fan hat, I put that one on. (laughs) The old piss celebration was <laughs> hilarious. I, it was. It is so funny. Like, it is amazing that he had the, the I don't even know, the I had to, be, <laughs> to be able to just break out into that celebration was amazing for me. Now, overall, absolutely unsportsmanlike, absolutely yeah. should have been penalized. And I put my coach hat on real quick. Yeah. I would have lost my mind. It would have been one of those yeah. scenarios where they they would have been asking about like, you know, how does he treat his players behind closed doors? Because right. I would have like neck veins, forehead vein, like <laughs> clenched fists, spitting as I'm yelling. Like that yeah. would have been my reaction because absolutely cannot do that. And you lose the game. No, 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 no. But as a fan, I'm just cracking up. 
Yeah, and it, it is, I mean, it's one of those situations is I've had this conversation with a lot of people this week, and that's, you know, that's a rivalry game. I get it. I would have been PO'd if that were my player from my team that did that and we lost the game. But it is like, it when it comes down to it, like I'm here for entertainment sometimes too. And when they took away celebrations from the NFL, Joshua, I was like devastated. And now that they're back, like I just, I really enjoy that kind of stuff. And I know college football is different, but it was one of those unexpected things where I think sometimes you just need a little bit of entertainment in your life. And so that definitely like was probably one of my favorite moments this week. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see, because they're not going bowling, they'll have no. like workouts or whatever until the semester ends. And I'm curious to see exactly how much the strength coach runs him during those workouts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you would think, right. I mean, you think that whatever happened afterward and he apologized and everything, but I mean, it's something that's going to stick with him for a long, long time. And then you also have to go to think, you know, since Matt Luke is gone now, you have to wonder how much, you know, losing that game maybe even played into it. So that's what sometimes those college football rivalries have a lot of implications. And sometimes you just got to be smarter. Yeah. Um, (laughs) <laughs> that's a wrap on episode 56 of press pass i thought that was pretty entertaining by the way this uh this latest episode oh, it was definitely so good. and speaking of entertaining it's really easy and we entertain every single week you can just go to itunes click the subscribe button and then right under that is the five stars if you like us which i hope you do just click those five stars You can also give us a review if you don't like something or you just think we're fabulous. We'd love to see it in writing. Where can they go to find your fabulous work on social media, Joshua? They can find me at RIP underscore JEP. This is the time of the year again where I love to interact with folks on Twitter. You got questions about college football. And especially if you have any questions about the Big Ten, that's where my expertise lies. But I watch a ton of college football, so ask me anything. Also, I agree with Kayla. Like, it, it doesn't take a lot of time to subscribe, it does not take yeah. a lot of time to give us a five star review. I mean, if you love us, five star us, even if you don't love us, five star us. That's what we want. Right. It is the season of giving people. It and is. I know. Right. I mean, I love to go and give presents and gifts and five stars to my favorite podcast. So if you do that for us, you will be loved forever. Uh, you can also follow me on at Kayla Anderson TV on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram. That'll do it for episode 56 of Press Pass. Thanks again, you guys. Good luck to all your teams this weekend. And uh, we're back at it next week. <laughs>